Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The gift that keeps on giving is the title for today. The gift that keeps on giving, 2 Timothy 1, 7. And I, Dan gave me the treat. He said, as long as you cut it down, come and get it. And I couldn't cut it down. I got halfway through and my shoulder came out. Some of you are a little older know what I'm talking about. I literally could not keep going. So he pops down there. He's already had shoulder surgery. He's like, boom, boom, boom. You know, farmers, yeah. Boom, took it down like fast. I was like, whoa, that was impressive. And uh uh, so he knows now if he gives me another tree, he'll have to help me cut it down. But it reminded me of the, the, my dad and I used to always go out and cut down the Christmas tree. That was my job. You know, I would go with my dad. And sometimes we'd go on our farm and we'd, I'd have a great tree picked out down the lane. But, but often we would go to a, a friend of his who had a whole bunch of evergreen trees. And he would sh- go down and give the, you know, he'd give the guy $5 in the summer when he saw him. It was $5 there. And then he'd climb up the tree and cut him down and we'd bring the tree back for uh, the Christmas. And we had some really crazy experiences. I remember one time we cut one down, we got it back, and you're, you know, he's 20, 30 feet up, cutting down, and I th- yeah, it looks pretty good, Dad. You know, we're doing this whole thing. And so one time, I'll never forget, it had about a space about this big in the middle. We brought it home, and oh, it was, it was traumatic. Uh, so we call it the Charlie Brown tree. But the one, the time that really reminds me of, of, of the difficulty with the tree is we, it was snowed a lot. We drive down to this, 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 uh, Forest is evergreen glade, and and it, and I'm waiting out there. And I was maybe ten or something. I'm waiting out there, and the snow's up to my waist, which is very common at that time. We're, we're at the farm, and I'm and we're waiting out to this this friend's place. And my dad climbs up like he always did with the saw, and, and he starts to saw. He's sawing, and I go, "Yeah, that's a good one." Dad climbs up. He starts to saw, saw, saw. It looks good, Dad. Yeah, and he's sawing, and and it's not. He's like, "This saw's not working." It's not working. Something's wrong with this, this saw, and he, he cannot get it to cut. And he's like just sitting there cutting and cutting and cutting. And finally he's like, oh, I remember what happened now. Todd, my younger brother, used this for X, Y, or Z, something. He used it, and he must have left the blade dull, and he didn't tell me. He probably was doing rocks or something. Who knows, you know? And so, so he, he ruined the blade. And my dad's up there trying to cut it down, and he gets about halfway, and he's trying to pull it, cannot do it. He's, it's freezing cold. I'm freezing. I'm standing up to my waist in the snow. This is taking forever. And I'll never forget my dad is, he's using words that I never even heard him use in the barn before. And it, it was, it was quite a time where he was very frustrated and angry and could not cut this tree down. And I'll never forget, he threw the blade down and said, take this saw. And I grabbed it, you know, in the snow. And he's like, he pulled out his pocket knife. All farmers have pocket knives, you know. And he starts cutting it. He cut that tree down with a pocket knife. And, and he had no choice. It was either that or go all the way back to the farm, drive back home. And he, I'll never, he said, I'm sick of I'm sick of You remember that old, you know, that cartoon? I'm sick of Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's cutting it. And finally he gets it enough. He grabs it and he you know, pulls it down, breaks it down, comes down. And, and, and I'll never, that was a traumatic time. S- some of you... Some of you might be able to relate to that feeling at this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe you're trying to cut through stress, cut, cut through sadness, cut through anxiety, cut through loneliness, cutting through a lot. We all have a lot to cut through, don't we? And a lot of times we feel like my dad did and like I did standing in the snow, you know, waiting to cut down that Christmas tree with a pocket knife, a, a jackknife we called it. And I want to show you 
a Christmas gift today that God has given each of us that we can open any time. That's why I call it the gift that keeps on giving, 2 Timothy 1.7, that we can open any time. It's the grace to help us do anything that we are facing at any time. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for the kids' uh, Christmas play, which was always so touching. And Lord, we just pray now, Lord, that as we look at this one key verse, that your spirit would burn it into our hearts and remember this, this gift and the difference it can make in our life. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the first gift, this isn't the one I'm going to focus on, but it's, it's an important part of it. The first gift that God has given us on Christmas is baby Jesus, right? We got baby Jesus. Uh, he was born on Christmas. It's, what an amazing story. I mean, no matter how many times you hear it, once you see the kids acting out, it all comes back afresh, doesn't it? But that's, it's just an amazing story. He was born on Christmas, whenever that really was, you know, probably in the spring, we think. But anyway, uh, born on Christmas. He was given, though, for, he was born for an amazing reason. He was born so that he could grow up, live the perfect, sinless life as God's son, Teach us all that God wants us to know and then die on a cross. He came to die on a cross in our place to pay for our crimes because cosmic justice demanded a payment for sin. We all have that desire for justice, right? If someone does something wrong, don't you like, oh, I wish wish someone's got to do something about that. If someone wrongs us, we really want justice, don't we? Or we see injustice, we want, it, we want to see justice. That's in us, but that comes from God. God has put justice in our nature. Not the ability to live it, but the ability to want it, right? But God knew that justice must be satisfied, so he sent his son, Jesus, to pay for our crime, to pay for, the, for our sin, to die in our place. We all deserved it. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus came to die for us on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could have life. Life that starts the moment we put our faith in Jesus, and it goes throughout all of eternity. It never ends. That life never, never ends. Even though our body dies, our spirit lives on forever with God, new body someday uh, in heaven with him. And, and we can have that by faith. Whoever believes in him, it doesn't mean, believe doesn't mean intellectual assent. The word in the Greek means to completely put your trust in, to cling to, to to completely depend on. That's what the word means. And every one of us has to make that decision someday, or not make it, to completely put our faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And give our life to him. We all have to make that decision. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? You can do that today. You can, have, you can receive God's gift of life this very moment through prayer by putting your faith in him. And you can have life now, a whole new life now, and a whole new life forever in Jesus Christ. What an amazing gift, right? That's enough. But it doesn't stop there. God gives us another amazing Christmas gift. And I'm going to look at this now. He gives us a gift that, never, that keeps on giving, that never ends. It's a never-ending gift. Wouldn't that be great? It's kind of like Willy Wonka, the, the gobstopper, the never-ending, everlasting gobstopper, right? And that, this is what, this verse is really that. It never ends. I've been giving out candy and candy canes and everything. Most of you already eaten them, right? They're gone. Can you imagine if it just kept on always there? That candy cane never wore out, right? Or the piece of candy never wore out. That's what this gift is. It's a gift that never wears out. 2 Timothy 1.7. 
For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, or some of your versions says fear. Same word, timidity or fear. For God does not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And once again, that last word, self-discipline, some of your versions says some of your versions say a sound mind. We'll get to that. It means both. It means self-discipline and a sound mind. The word has the meaning for both. We'll get to that in a minute. But this is the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ and receive the gift of life that starts now and goes on forever. We're also given a per- perpetual gift of power, of love, and of self-discipline. You are automatically given this. The question is, will you open that gift? But you're automatically given this gift completely. The moment you put your faith in Jesus. And so now there's no need to fear. No, it says timidity. Some of your versions says fear. I'm going to focus on the fear part. Uh, there's no need to fear. Because whenever we're fearful or we just open this gift or whenever we're anxious, whenever we're sad, whenever we're depressed, whenever we're stressed out, we can open this gift at any time. This verse, each of these things is a gift. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but look what he's given us. He's given us a spirit of power. God has given us the power. And some of you might already be fingering this, this little thing in the insert here, the, the little gift box. You can kind of hang on to that and start looking at it because you can know where we're going with this. All right? This is a gift we've all been given. Kim Polson put these together. Thank you, Kim. It looks great. Uh, but, but this is the gift that God has given every one of us. Okay. And the first part of it is power. The word for power is in Greek... Yes, thank you. Dunami dynamite. All right, that's where we get the word dynamite from. Every time you run into a fearful obstacle, anybody hit a fearful obstacle lately? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. All right, but but anybody run anybody run into a, an obstacle uh, that causes anxiety or 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 anything in our life that we run into? God has given us. Says here, He's given us the gift of power of dynamite. He's given us that. You have a spiritual stick of dynamite. Spiritually, you have it. It's a prayer away. It's a, it's a, a step of faith away. That's, it's, just, it's right there. We can throw it at that, that obstacle at any time, and we, can, and, and we can knock it out. Now, does that mean the obstacle always just disappears? No. But what does disappear? The fear, right? Because we know we have the power. And, and look what it says on this thing here, on this little gift. Whatever God calls us to face, he gives us the grace. Sometimes he blows up the obstacle and it's gone. Sometimes, sometimes, more often, uh, he gives us, the, he, the, what blows up is the fear in us. And we trust God's grace. We trust his process. We persevere. We're patient. We go through the trial. We, we, we're trusting in God's grace. Whatever he calls us to face, he gives us the grace. And... So we have, we have this spiritual dynamite to deal with anything that we have to face. My dad, uh, when he was in high school, he, uh, he took a class called ag class. Anybody take ag? Agriculture. Agriculture, right? So uh, nobody really has. It's a long forgotten in most parts of the country. But he took an ag class. And part of their class, their teacher was in World War II. And he was a demolitions expert. Uh, he handled explosions, and he, had a, he walked with a limp because he was wounded, and, and he had trouble walking. But he would show the class, this is a different life, a different world, right? But he would take the class out on the school grounds and show them a big rock, and he would show them how to use dynamite. They would all stand back, and he'd show them how to set it and how to blow it up. And he had tons of dynamite on his property, this guy, because he was 
you know, had that because he was a demolitions expert from World War II. He was allowed to have it. And so he uh, would blow up rocks for the kids. And my dad was like, you know, could you come to my farm, my dad's farm? Because we got a really big rock out in the middle of our field. If you could help us, that would be great. He goes, yeah, sure. So they, they got them all together and they did a class trip. Loaded up the dynamite, loaded up the kids, right? Different world, different world, right? And they all head over to my grandpa's farm, and, there, and there's this one field where there used to be a really big rock. Um, it turns out it was huge, huge, like, you know, 10 feet by 5 feet, huge, huge rock. It's not there anymore. So uh, they, the, the teacher said, oh, yeah, the kids all got around with shovels. They started digging around. Whoa, this is bigger than we thought. It's going to take more than I thought. And so, so he sets, the, the teacher says, this is what you do. And he set the dynamite, and he had the wire, you know, and you could spark it. It had to be sparked, right? And so he had it all set up. And while he was, was doing all this and talking to the kids, my dad and his friend I said, that's not enough to deal with this rock. And they went over to the box and they threw a bunch more into the, into the pile. Threw a bunch more dynamite into the pile. So the guy, I don't know how much they threw it, but it was a lot. The guy, it was a big rock. My dad knows. I, uh, uh, for, I wouldn't be here. I almost wasn't here. So they, he backs him up a safe distance. I can't remember, 300 feet or something. He says, okay, boys, this should be fine for what I've set. And he gets ready to detonate. And my dad and his friend are just running. They're running because they're, they're like the rest of the class is standing here. My, they're literally running for the, for the, the uh, what do they call the, the, the creek where the trees were and diving in. And they said, the, they said they couldn't believe the explosion. It was unbelievable. He said this, the, the ag teacher was, thought he was back in World War II again. You know? He was like on his knees and, you know, and there he's ducking and there's rocks and debris flying everywhere. Only by God's grace. Nobody got wounded or killed. And my dad was like, it was rock pieces flying everywhere. And he's like, wow, I didn't, I don't know what happened. That was a lot more than I expected. You know, he got up, he's dusted off, you know, you know, picking up rocks. And, you know, this, that's a lot more than I expected. But that rock was obliterated, you know. It was crazy, you know. Rocks everywhere. And that, but that is what we can all do this. Not do something crazy like that. But we can all spiritually we have the dynamite to deal with any size rock in our life. We have that dynamite. We have the faith. We have God's grace. We have the power. He's given us his power to face anything. Whatever God calls us to face, he gives us the grace. We have it. It's a promise. It's a promise. He also has says the, power of, uh, the spirit of power, of love. We already talked about the love. What's the love? He gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to, to die for us. You talk about love. And this is what sustains us. Every time we get hit or we hit a wall, we know God loves us. And there's a, he's with us in the midst of this. And there's a purpose in there somewhere, right? And we focus on this. This is Christmas. We focus on his love. But way beyond this, we should be focusing on his love every day. No matter what we're going through, we focus on the love and then also self-discipline. Self-discipline. God gives us the power to live a self-disciplined life. What is self-discipline? Self-discipline is doing the right thing even when we don't feel like it. Right? We all always feel like something, but self-discipline is when, I'm not going to eat that, you know... Candy cane, Pastor Chuck's trying to give me. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Eat those, eat those, eat those. But, you know, the, the, the ice cream sundae, whatever. I'm not going to eat that because I know I shouldn't eat that. You know, I've already had five Sundays this week. So, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, self-discipline is when we, we do the right thing no matter how we feel. And you can apply that to temptation, to sin, to all kinds of things, right? We do the right thing no matter how we feel. 
That's self-discipline. And God gives us the power to do that. The word also means a sound mind. Some of your versions say a sound mind. It also means that it also can be translated as a sound mind. You see, the result of living a self-disciplined life that God gives us the power to live and the love to live, the result of that is we have a sound mind. They're connected. Self-discipline is connected to a sound mind. That's the result of it, all right? So I'm going to connect some dots here now. Connect the dots. When we hit a wall, when we're stressed out, when we're fearful, when we're depressed, when we're lonely, we can turn to God's power his love, and his self-discipline at any time. We can depend on that. A prayer away, a step of faith away, right? We can depend on that. And the result of doing that when we face these tough times is we're going to have a sound mind. We are going to be spiritually stable. And not just spiritually, but mentally and emotionally stable by living the way God has called us to do because we're depending on his power, his love, and his self-discipline. Helps us to live a certain way. No matter what we feel like, we're going to do the right thing. And, and the result is we're going to have a, a, a spiritually, emotionally, mentally stable mind. That's the result. But now here's the thing. Whenever we turn to something else, whatever, whatever we turn to besides Jesus Christ, when we need the power, when we're going through this, this, this stressful time, this fearful time, whatever we turn to besides Jesus Christ won't help. Instead, it's going to multiply our fear. It's, we're going to be more anxious. Do I have an amen there? Think of the things we have turned to. Not for a while. Maybe not since last Christmas, at least. But think of the things in our life we turn to. And after we do that, how do we feel? Worse. More anxious. Because they aren't going to solve the problem. Spiritually, for us. We become even more anxious. And then, not only do you get more anxious, then we want more of whatever we turn to. Right? We want more of that. We become increasingly dependent on X, Y, and Z to deal with that anxiety that we have. And we get more independent. And it's a vicious cycle. Then we get, we get more dependent. Then we get more anxious. We get depend on it even more. We get more anxious. And it's a vicious cycle. More, more, more that we need it and the more anxious we get. I'll use an easy example because it's in the news every day. Marijuana. Pot, right? It pot has, I, you talk to someone and say, why don't you smoke pot? Well, it calms me down. And it does. Marijuana will calm you down. All right? It will calm you down. But it doesn't last. And when it wears off, and this is why it's illegal in many states still, thank, thank God, when it wears off, guess what? You're even more anxious. Right? More anxious than you started with. And not only more anxious, but now you're addicted to something. Now you need that. You need more of it. And it just escalates. You need more of it, and then you get more anxious. And then you need more of it, and you get more anxious. And next thing you know, oh, that's because I have this emotional, mental thing. No, you, got, you have that because you've been smoking pot for your whole life. It's what you depend on. That's how you got there. It's, it's sad. Well, listen, whatever we, and that's just one example. We can all fill in the blanks, right? Whatever we turn to besides God's grace becomes a stronghold for our mind. We no longer have a sound mind. 
It, that's what it becomes for us. Instead of self-discipline, which we can say no to something because we do the right thing, instead of self-discipline, we begin to, that begins to erode in our life. And we, and it, we could even lose the ability to control our actions and our thoughts because we've never developed self-discipline, godly self-discipline. And we've lost the ability to, to control our actions and thoughts. So instead, in time, instead of a sound mind, we have a brain fracture. And lots of things can cause it. It could be drugs. I mentioned the drugs. It could be pills that we're taking. It could be drinking, alcohol. It could be sex. It could be pornography. It could be on the phone. Uh, the phones could be addictive. <clears throat> uh, it could be the TV, computer, gaming, food, anything. You can fill it in. It becomes something we become dependent on. And more anxious and more fearful. Fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety, which we were talking about here, come from a lack of something. They come from a lack of God's power, God's love, and God's self-discipline. And the result, I'm going to say that again, fear and anxiety come from a lack of God's power, love, and of self-discipline, and the result is an unstable mind. And it's vital to teach our kids this, too. Really important. Because kids, they need to be told that anxiety is part of life. Right? I was talking to a woman recently, and she said, yeah, my son, uh, his girlfriend broke up with him. He really loved her. Broke up with him. He was really down. And so I get the call from the school, and they said, uh, you need to, we need to talk to him. We, we want to test him and, and, and get him help because he's, he's so upset. And, and they, they had him see some, somebody, and they said he needs medication. He needs to be on medication. She said, he's just sad. It's going to take a couple months to get over his first love, heartbreak, right? That's part of life. Don't give me not taking a pill. But that's what we do, don't we? Our kids aren't allowed to be anxious or not allowed to work through sadness or not allowed to work through fear and all the things that we had to work through, remember? That's what makes us mature and, and strong and develops our character, Instead, we throw a pill at them and they never learn to develop it or, or they self-medicate, right? And it's, it's important that they, we don't t- help our kids not to take a puff or a pill, which will leave us in an even worse place. But do, don't have them take a puff or a pill, but do teach them to depend on God's power, his love, and his self-discipline, which will give us a sound mind. So important. In this culture, self-discipline has been wiped off the table. Doing the right thing no matter how you feel. No, follow your heart. You know, we all watch the Disney, Disney movie. Follow your heart no matter where it leads you, right? Uh, it, no, it's, it's what do the right thing no matter how we feel. And in time, the feelings follow. The feelings follow. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Only Jesus can give us a sound mind. Only he can give us peace and joy. He's the only one that can do it. And this gift, this, this, this little gift box, I want you to put it somewhere. And there's more on the back table, on both tables, there's more. You know, I want you to put it somewhere and keep it. And whenever you start to feel fearful, anxious, stressed, depressed, you fill in the blank, whatever you start to feel that way, open the gift. And, and, and be reminded that whatever God calls us to face, he gives us the grace. And he's given us power, love, and of self-discipline. And to meditate on that and to focus on that and to claim that promise. It's vital to our spiritual survival. Vital. 
And for those of us here who have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, before you can receive this gift of power, love, and self-discipline, the first gift you must receive, we must receive, is Jesus Christ. We have to put our faith in Jesus Christ. We have to give our life to Jesus Christ. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Jesus? The moment you do, you can open this gift any minute of any day. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It never ends. Even throughout eternity, it never ends. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is God speaking to us? Maybe here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never received that gift of life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can put your faith in him right now, this very second. The prayer of faith, God, I put my faith in Jesus. I believe he, he died for me on that cross, for my sins. I turn away from those sins. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I give my life to Jesus Christ. The moment you pray that prayer of faith, you receive the gift of life. If you have just prayed that you receive the gift of life, and it goes from this very second throughout all of eternity, it never ends. If you have received that gift today, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe here with a family member or a friend. Maybe you tell me on the way out. Fill out the card, stick it in the, in the box. Text, call. Let somebody know because we're going be, to be excited for you and encourage you with your brand new gift that you have. For the rest of us, how is God speaking to us? This little gift in your hands, I, I just pray. Father, we just pray that every one of us will hang on to this. And will depend on your power, your love, and your, and your self-discipline. That we would know what it's like to have a sound mind. Peace and joy. True peace. True joy. I pray that every person here would have that. This Christmas and beyond. I pray that in Jesus' name.